I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And that's Dennis Halnan. He's one of the employee owners of Tab. He helps me out with your questions and concerns. And also, if I've got the right mic potted up, I've got Matt Service here. Good morning. Good morning, Matt. He's from Environmental Office Solutions, and uh, you guys do something pretty cool. I mean, it doesn't sound that cool, but it is kind of cool, the volumes that they do. Uh, You guys recycle ink cartridges and technology. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing this since uh, 1996. Uh, We started doing uh, recycling toner cartridges and ink cartridges, and uh, and then in 2017, we've gone on to start doing more with computers and cell phones and laptops and tablets, and so uh, it's a good thing, but we've been doing the whole recycling thing for a very long time. It's amazing, and some of the statistics he gave us, 10 million uh, ink cartridges. I thought that was just as many as they've done in their entire lifetime. No, that's in one year. Yeah, that's in one year. (laughs) Since we've been in business, we've done over 200 million cartridges we touched. (gasps) Oh and, wow! Uh, yeah, um, it, it's a lot, and uh, but you know we we've done a lot to try and automate it. When we yeah. first started doing this, it was very manual, mm-hmm. um, and um, even in our current building, we've been there for about twelve years. But when we first set up, um, it was all very manual on the on volume wise. We get a lot more ink than we do toner as far as number of pieces, all right. and. Um, and they come in in these big Gaylords. We call them Gaylords, and they're they're like what the watermelons come in in the grocery store. Yeah, big big bins. big boxes. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we filled get to them, the rim. Yes, yes, <laughs> filled to the brim, and um, we get them in by the truckload. We mm-hmm. get them from uh, all over the place. If you were to turn them in at like a Staples or a Best Buy or Walmart or who knows where, yeah, uh, they might eventually make their way to us. Um, That's good. And we get them from you know all over the U.S. and Canada and. Uh, so anyway, so when we first started doing these um, years ago, in where we do inks currently, w- there used to be a whole bunch of banquet tables set up. Yeah. And um, yeah. we had a whole bunch of these bins like the uh, post office uses for mail. Yeah. And uh, we would do uh, sort of like sneaker net in the old days with technology, right? Yeah, we, yeah. we would have people carrying them from table to table. Oh, my Lord. And they would manually look at each one of them, and then we would write down on a piece of paper what the part number was one at a time one at a time and uh, as our volume continued to increase and and uh, we went on to get some different certifications 
which we have um, right. for the proper way to recycle everything, we started looking at ways to automate stuff. So the first step was to have them type into an Excel spreadsheet instead of handwriting stuff. Nice. It's a big step. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then, and then, um, and then we went on from there. And eventually what we did was we came up with a way to scan them all. Yeah. And uh, we were still doing visual inspection, but um, we had to create our own database of the barcode to the part number and the manufacturer. Because it wasn't didn't exist. Because it doesn't exist. Right. And um, even like on an HP cartridge, an HP inkjet cartridge, there might be five or ten different barcodes for the same part number, depending upon which factory it was produced in and yeah. what year it was done and all this kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, we had to build all of that database to do the cross-reference and build the whole database to scan into, the whole system for that. So. Yeah. Fortunately, um, we've had some good people in-house, and, and we built all that, and it just continues to evolve. Right. Um, you have cameras that look at the actual part and can tell whether or not it's got a blam or a problem where you can use it. The camera picks it all out, right? Yeah, so that was an evolution. Yeah. Uh, when we first started manually, you know, we were still visually inspecting them. Yep. Um, and we had started scanning them, and now we have a system where we use these um, very high-resolution cameras Yeah. Uh, to do what's called... Um, um, machine imaging, right, mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call Artificial it. Artificial intelligence, right? Yes, yeah, and, well, and it learns over time. Yeah. So we've taught it what a good one was yeah. and what a bad one was, and we have to give variations of good and bad, and we these cameras have a very high resolution. So we're looking at the what's called the printhead, the piece that puts the ink on the paper, right? and we're looking at the pixel level for... Um, how big the damage is and how deep it is. Mm. And we use light where it uh, reflects off. It's called dark field imaging. So we have very bright lights that yeah. strobes on it. And the printhead is reflective. Yeah. So when it comes back in a dark area, that tells us that's where the defect is. That's cool. It's pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's taken us... I guess it's been in development and testing, and it's it's finally we're in production with it. it took us a couple of years to get to where we are today, mm. but um, we have better quality um, than with the naked eye. You can, oh yeah, it, it you know, um, and they process them very quickly. So uh, it's it's part of how we end up doing so many now because right. we have the technology that allows us to process them at that speed. So you're, you're remanufacturing these then? No, right. we do not remanufacture. Oh, okay. So when you recycle, I figured you would you would get them and then you would sell them. But you're not reselling well, them. Well, we, we sell them, but let's be clear on what we do. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's be clear. What's going on here, Matt? What are you guys <laughs> we, doing with these things? We are sort of like a value-added distributor. Okay. So we get the empty ones in. Yeah. We inspect them and sort them. QC them, we see which ones are damaged and, can, uh, and can't be reused, right. and which ones can be reused and refilled. And that's the value? And so then we take the ones that can be reused, and we sell them to the people that actually do the remanufacturing and the refilling. A so, different company. A different company, yeah. So huh. we don't do that. Uh, we have people, our customers are uh, all over the U.S. and... and uh, China and right. all various different countries all around the world yep. that actually get them in and do the refilling and, their, and the uh, remanufacturing. T ink is a little bit different than toner. Toner, they actually completely disassemble the cartridge into all of its component parts. You guys do that? Nope, we oh. do not. 
uh, and ink. They uh, more depending upon the technology that they use, they may just push a little hole in the top and refill it with ink. So unbelievable! <laughs> wow. So are, what about dealing? So you got these remanufactured cartridges, and now HP is mad, right? Because they want to sell you a nice, brand new, expensive cartridge, and they've got the RFID technology in there to know. Is are are they getting to the point where they can say? Hey, I've I've already seen this cartridge once. Why am I seeing it again? Are you? Are, is the industry worried about HP doing something like that, or have you already seen them? Do well, that's stuff been like going that? on for years, actually. Has it been? Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of different things that have entered into that. So, um, one of the things, if you have an HP printer, especially, is yeah. you'll uh, when you're setting it up initially, mm-hmm. uh, there's ways to turn off its ability to phone home. I like it. So we always advise people to do that in the industry. They advise it because it phones home and it will send a, a firmware update to the printer oh my. that will add other functionality as they update their cartridges. And even for a printer that might have been made three years ago, they're evolving their cartridges in the new ones they make. Right. And they may add some extra functionality in there. They send the firmware update and so it'll recognize or not recognize the cartridge. Jeez. Now... Um, so you're trying to save the planet, and HP's trying to not let that happen. Yes, exactly. As a matter of fact, there's a there's a facility in Tennessee that HP. It, so one of the things that HP has is they have this new instant ink uh, mm. thing, where when you get a new card, a new printer, they say sign up for instant ink. You'll never run out of ink again. Yeah. Because HP will monitor the level of ink in yep. your printer. Yep. Yep. Uh, as a managed service. Uh, yes. And as they recognize that it's running low on ink, they will mail you another cartridge in the mail, and they just only bill you a small amount of money every single month. Right. So it's, you know, it's only the subscription a small model. amount, subscription right? Model. Oh, and, yeah. and, and so they have a facility in Tennessee that when all these empty cartridges come back to yeah. them, yep. they destroy them. They basically shred them. Oh, my. Uh, mm. Now, they say that, and they're, they're shredding over 100,000 a day. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, that's just, and and they say that it you know they're taking that um, plastic and the metals and everything that they get and that that's being reutilized to make new cartridges and mm-hmm. so in their mind they're recycling, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit different. You know when we talk about recycling and and it's a big thing nowadays with climate change and everything else and we talk about what's it really take. Right. There's much less even when they shred them. And they're yeah. going to reuse the plastic. Right. The amount of energy that it takes to shred to shred it, and then to <laughs> melt it, of course, and to mold the new ones, yeah. and all that kind of thing. Yes, you're you may not be using a gallon of oil to make a new cartridge, right? But there's still a lot of a lot of energy that goes involved in that, as right. opposed to us. What our goal is to reuse the cartridge as much as possible, and at at some point, the cartridge can't be reutilized anymore, right? Um, and then. If it comes to us, then we send it to waste to energy. Mm, okay. Where they take the cartridge and they it becomes the fuel right. in a plant. Sort of like the one in the south end of Hartford, but yeah. our stuff goes to Niagara Falls, to a facility in Niagara Falls. That's ironic. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Why would you say Niagara Falls? <laughs> um, no, I never would have guessed that. They got unlimited energy for the falls. Um, all right, so we're going to step out for a quick break and talk more with Matt Service on on recycling technology, not just in cartridges, but you guys also do cell phones now, laptops. What's ITAD equipment? Oh, information technology asset disposal. It's what do you do with your old t- old computer? Oh, that's what you call it. Yes. Okay. ITAD. <laughs> ITAD. We'll be talking about all that. We'll be right back. Hartford. They've been around since 1996, recycling all sorts of stuff, not just ink cartridges. 
What else do you guys recycle? So um, we talked a little bit about toner cartridges that we do, and and our process on that has evolved as well. Yeah, uh, and is much more sophisticated. And um, you know, we also handle laptops and tablets, desktop computers, and cell phones. Um, just a couple quick things I think I would throw out there for people to think about. Yeah. Um, so this is some statistics that are from like the EPA and a couple other sources like them. Yep. On average, eight ink cartridges are thrown out every second in the U.S., not oh. recycled. Jeez. Oh. Um, the, um, a toner cartridge that's thrown into a landfill can take up to 450 years to decompose. Wow. So, um, and, and approximately 1.3 billion ink cartridges are used worldwide annually and less than 30 percent are currently being recycled so um you know there's there's uh there's lots of places to recycle we don't take them in from an end user right but um you know walmart has played has boxes right in the aisle where their where their ink and toner is and staples will take them back most places like that will take them back from you yeah um and so you know we um, you would think CVS would take drugs back, but they don't. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> you got to bring it to the police department um, if you don't want it in your water supply. So the other thing that's interesting is um, there were almost 1.7 billion cell phones made in 2022. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> and it's, really? it's it's estimated in the United States that almost 400,000 phones are thrown out every day. I have a box in my basement. Exactly. That's what, you, know, I mean, like, you know, I mean, quite honestly, we still get in um, the old uh, Nokia flip phones. Oh, yeah. In, and, you know, oh. when people turn stuff in, we still get Blackberries turned in. Yeah. That, you know, and they don't have a lot of value for us. Right. Um, but our goal with um, the technology, cell phones and laptops and tablets, so our goal with those is to sell them into secondary markets to extend the life of the phone you know a, a lot of us here in the u.s we're we're really lucky right and and people uh even my kids mm-hmm. you know when a phone is two years old or three years old they think they have to get a new one you uh-huh. know or if i'm on that payment plan with the with the with the carrier yeah you know the carrier says okay well you can get a new phone now right all, um, it, all it is, is it's carrier usually, crack. It's usually two years yeah right yeah. and that's driving consumerism but Right. You know, you take a a five year old Samsung phone that somebody in Pakistan is, you know, or Costa Rica or Mexico, or, and so again, we get these phones from all over the place. We yeah. collect them. Same thing with laptops and tablets. You know, we have uh, we deal with companies like Tab across the United States and mm-hmm. school systems and um, everybody. You know, even before the pandemic, a lot of school systems had all implemented this one to one technology where all the kids have Chromebooks. Yep. Um, so. Um, we get them from school systems. We get stuff in from colleges and universities and federal mm. agencies and all different types of organizations. And so we'll get the devices in. Yep. Um, again, we inspect them. Our first step is to see, you know, are they damaged beyond economic repair, right? Okay. Somebody drove over it with a truck. Yeah, thing, right? not going to work. The, there's nothing we can do about that. Uh, and then we take them and we data wipe them. Okay. Make sure that they're sanitized. And this is all part, again, of our certifications that we have. But data wiping them does not mess with the operating system. Correct. All Correct. Right. In some cases, on some self, on some <clears throat> laptops and some computers, we get the computer in and it doesn't even have a hard drive in right. it because that'd someone's be the, taking that out. That would be the right way to do it. Um, 
and that's fine. Yeah. You know, we we may take and and uh, those other devices that couldn't be reused, we might have taken a hard drive out of one of those. Yeah. And we have we can mass wipe and sanitize those. Right. Uh, to standards that, like a mil spec type standard for yeah. sanitization. Wait, are you even are you even doing the zeros and ones? Are you even doing the sh- data shredding on them? Um, before you wipe them or after you wipe them? You know what? You're going to ask me that question. I'm not going to answer that. That's at a level that I can't tell you the Fair answer enough. to that. Um, we utilize <laughs> some software. You tell me, but you have to kill me. Exactly. We use some software called Blanco, <laughs> which right. is an industry standard right. for uh, for that. And yep. so um, right. exactly that Blanco, Blanco. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so we data wipe them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we on the cell phones we have another uh, we use blanco and another software where it actually tests all the functionality the microphone and the speaker and all that kind of stuff nice um and then once we've um graded them yeah uh both cosmetically and functionality then we'll end up selling them so you guys will actually sell the product then yes but that's primarily at a wholesale basis again so we're selling them if they're if they are of a high enough quality Mm -hmm. cosmetically and functionality-wise, then yeah. we might sell them in a um, third-party marketplace like an eBay or Amazon, that kind of thing, yep. to the end user. Uh, same thing with, with laptops and computers We some, and tablets. We do that that way, too. Yeah. But um, in many cases, in these other countries, Mexico, Costa Rica, whatever, mm-hmm. we're selling them to the small bodega or cell phone store, computer store that's on the island or in the country. Yep. And they will, they might take ones that we have that have a cracked screen mm-hmm. and they'll, their technicians will replace the screen. Gotcha. A lot, and, lot more economical down there to do correct. that. Correct. And so they'd rather take them with, that are broken because they can fix them cheaper than if we fixed them right. and sold them one with a, a new screen on it. They get to sell broken oh. stuff and make money on selling broken so, stuff. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. And our goal, again, is is to extend the life of the product. We don't want it to just get thrown into a shredder right. for someone to recover the precious metals. and that, that's, a end re, that's a last resort for us. Right. So you're a different type of uh, recycler because there's other ones out there that will just smash it, shred it, and extract the gold and the platinum and the silver out of the device and try to make their money that way. Well, yeah. And let, so let's talk about that. Let's go back to ink and toner. Yeah. So- um, there are e-waste companies, mm-hmm. and then there's people like us that are more recyclers. We're not really an e-waste company, okay. but in many cases, some e-waste company might go into uh, Travelers or Aetna yeah. or something like that, and they're replacing all their printers. Mm-hmm. And so they get all the printers out. And what they're going to do with them, they're probably not going to resell them. They're right. going to want to throw them into a shredder. Right. The issue is... Because powder is so fine and granulated, mm-hmm. if you throw a printer with a toner cartridge in it into a shredder, it will explode. Nice. And the same thing on the ink side, it won't explode, but the ink will gum up the shredder. Right. So that's part of where we get these cartridges because they're pulling them, the e-waste people. Oh, and giving are, you the cartridges. Are pulling them oh, out. Oh, wow. <laughs> and nice. It, it used to Whoa. be a, that it was a nuisance for them. Right. Um, but, if, but the good ones we pay them for because they have value. Wow. Like a little bit current K cups, aren't they the same thing as an ink cartridge? And there, hasn't there been like a class action lawsuit about them not being recycled? Yeah, I mean, there's it's sort of like those. Uh, yes, there's people that are trying to recycle those yeah. and make stuff out. They're the of same them. thing. Yeah, without the circuitry, they're just just stupid. Cups. Yeah, it's it's just a little plastic vessel. Right. It's like a mini- miniature red cup. Right. So same idea, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would like to think that someone would be able to recycle that stuff. I mean, right. it's you know. Um, we became very conscious of this. Um, the company was founded 
by um, the brother, younger brother, of somebody who used to remanufacture toner cartridges. Gotcha. So um, in the back in you know in the nineties, um, they started remanufacturing um, HP LaserJet two printer cartridges, printers and printer cartridges. Jeez, and they were selling them to Aetna as one of their customers, gotcha. shipping them all over the country. And the, the thing is, with a remanufactured cartridge, you have to get an empty one. Right. You know, I can't remanufacture something if I don't if I don't have it. Right. So that's how this company came out of it. Amazing. Ten million cartridges later, oh, they're still cranking. Wow. You want to stick around a little longer? Sure. All right. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more of Matt's service and get to some of your calls. Mike and Susan, hang on. This is Computer Talk. Everything we've talked about so far has been posted over at computertalkwithtad.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. If you follow us on Facebook and Zuckerberg deems our show worthy, which he doesn't, you got to like it and you got to do all sorts of things because he's throttling us, we're pretty sure. Um, it'll get into your news feed. And if you follow us on Twitter at Tab Computer Sys, you'll get everything, no problem. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're talking uh, e-waste. Give us that statistic you gave us, Matt. So, in um, on average, the United States uh, produces 6.9 million. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Million tons of e-waste. And that equates to about 46 pounds per person. Yikes. And only China <laughs> is uh, produces more in the world. Wow. So we got a problem. Ouch. We yeah. got a problem. And we have to think. Remember, that's that e-waste is including your mouse and your keyboard, and it's all those other things. It's not just the computer. It's, yeah, anything it's, electronics. In you're it. right. Correct. So we're continuing a little talk with Matt, but we're going to get to some of your calls. You've been on the line for so long, we don't want to have you have your ears fall off with a cauliflower ear. Let's go to uh, Susan in West Springfield. What's going on, Susan? Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, well, this is much less complicated than what you guys have just been talking about, but um, we have a Sony TV and a JBL soundbar. We've had them both for, they're both at least 12 years old, around mm-hmm. 12 years old. Yep. And all of a sudden, for the past month or so, the soundbar 
just kind of comes on by itself and connects to our Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it, it's like it's haunted or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll start, you know, um, writing an email. We'll hear the click, click, click coming from the sound bar. And we have, uh, you know, the remote has the source button on it. So, yeah. Uh, so I don't know what we can do about that or why Sounds that Sounds like a feature to me. Sudden. Yeah, it does. Um, now, if if you're if the soundbar is connecting to a computer, you can tell it to forget it. Right. No, it doesn't seem to be connecting to our computer, just right. to our cell phones. Oh, well, and the cell Same phones idea. go into the go into the um, go into the settings. You go Bluetooth into the settings. Bluetooth settings for the for your device, yep. and you'll be able to see a list of devices that are known to it, and you can usually tap um, a button off to the side of each entry, or you might have to just press and hold that particular entry, and then you'll get a menu of things you can do with it, and there's usually going to be a forget or remove option, yep. and that would do it. So... Into the settings on our phone. phone. Yes, we we're thinking the device. One of your devices is telling your soundbar, "Hey, wake up, buddy! I want to play some music." Right. Yeah, but I'm not seeing. I'm, I'm looking at my cell phone right now, and of course the Bluetooth is on. Yeah. But the right. only de- devices say um, my Chevrolet and then SB200, which is my husband's tablet, I believe. Um, oh. So it may not be your phone. So it could be maybe it his. Could phone. be a different phone. Okay. Somebody's phone, we're phone. thinking, is triggering it. Yeah, you'll have to just okay. try each different phone. Okay. All right. I'll look at that. See, it is a All feature. Right. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it's simple as simple as that. Okay. All right, I appreciate the time. Thank you, you so it. much. All right. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. That's yeah. You know, it's a good theory. I think it's a good theory. It's probably that. Let's get to Mike in Bristol real quick because he's been on the line for a long time too. Hey, Mike. What's up? Hey. How are we doing? Good. How are you? Uh, um. Good. Listen. Um. NetSpeed Internet has been in my area for a little while now, and I noticed that when they came around, they were putting cables, their own cables up on the poles and stuff. So it makes me curious if if they're not some kind of different technology than Xfinity or Frontier or anything like that, and maybe you can expand upon that. Yeah, fiber is a a glass filament, Um, probably plastic, but... It's, it's light. You're going to actually transmit the internet, the zeros and ones over light versus cable TV is using a, a, that old RG68, whatever it's called, thick, thick copper wire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, Infinity, or, or I'm sorry, Frontier might be using DSL, which is digital subscriber line, which is old copper as well. And well, then they're offering fiber too. Frontier is doing fiber, and some of the cable companies are doing fiber in certain areas. Right. But they're all three different technologies. Fiber, though, is fiber. Cable is cable. And DSL is DSL. So not all wires are the same there, Mike. Right. So this is is just, well, I'm familiar with some of that technology. This is just fiber, then, with the the net speed. Correct. Just fiber. I mean, I would say it is fiber. I mean, the beauty of it, it is future-proof. You can go as fast as you want. No, that's what I meant. It's fiber, so... So that's the difference, and they had to put their own because the other ones aren't fiber. Okay. Yeah, they 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 had to fight for access to the forty foot pole in front of your house that should they should have had access to twenty years ago, and you you and I would be dealing with probably even faster speeds if they had allowed them access to those poles a long time ago. But of course, 
somebody in government got something and for I not heard, doing that. And I heard you say to an earlier caller that you, you really don't want to pay for more than, would you say, 150 megabits? Correct. I mean, 150 megabits for a typical family of five. I had, I'm, a family, I'm a family of five with three boys. They're all gamers. I'm a gamer, too. And if I can survive streaming, internet, gaming at 150 megabits, you can, too. Um, now, okay. you'll, you can get more if you want. You'll have let lower latency and you make your kids happier. They'll do, they'll do some damage on the battlefield. Like, I can do that now. And I'm, I'm a 50-year-old guy playing these, these shoot-up games. I actually can compete now because my, my latency, my own physical latency by being older, uh, <laughs> is co- overcompensated by the, the ping that I get with the high-speed fiber. So I can, you know, I can nail these little whippersnappers online and they don't know how I'm doing it. <laughs> and that is a benefit for gamers. But for regular people... Um, 150 is plenty, but 200 get get the you'll be fine with just those lower speeds. You don't need to spend the most money. Thank you very much. You got it, Mike. All right, so you know that's the thing with internet is you don't want to buy more than you need. It's like again, it's like water. Just overpaying, yeah, yeah, just overpaying. So Matt Service is still here with us. What else is what else in the recycling world are you guys doing that you want to chat about? So I want to talk a little bit about our certification. Yeah, and what that means. Yeah. Um. So. What we have to do as part of our certification, we have to account for every single pound of material that flows through our building. Wow. Um, from the time that it arrives at the dock to the time that it, it leaves our dock. Um, and I was talking before about the things that we're not being able to sell for reuse. Right. And that we send some stuff to waste energy. Right. Uh, up in Niagara Falls. <laughs> Niagara Falls. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. So we have to do reporting back to the people that we get the material from. Yep. And we get audited on this both from the people we get the material from and then the actual certifying body audits us every year. Wow. Um, and so one of the things when I uh, I started this program and, and one of the questions I got one time, it really baffled me and, and now it's just a common thing. Mm-hmm. So the company was happy with all the data that we sent and, and they said, okay, so what happens to the ash yeah. I said, what, what do you mean what happens to the ash? That's a great question. And they were interested in knowing what, how much, what was the reduction in the weight and volume of what the material we sent to the leftover ash, I guess, to see about the efficiency of the combustion, right, right. I guess. Yeah. Um, and though, so the leftover ash is typically used as cover in a landfill. Okay, yep. That's what they use it for. But mm-hmm. when I first asked, when that... But that's the level that we have to know. Well, I would even think when you bring in a whole Gaylord full of the cartridges, even the leftover toner inside the cartridges has weight too. Correct. Now, when you send it out, do you clean it up with, or do you leave the toner in there? No, we don't evacuate them. There, it, okay. And it's different. I mean, we talked a little bit about this off air about when, is it really empty? Right. Um, and so, yes, sometimes the cartridges have residual toner in them yeah. or residual ink. And that's not something, we don't evacuate those. Okay. Um, we just pass them along, and there there are some companies that are getting into the recycling business on the toner cartridge side that um, actually are evacuating the toner, yeah, and combining it all that toner that they evacuate and trying to reuse that and say that they're going to the next step. I'm not sure that I want um, the different. There's different manufacturers of the toner, so I don't know right. that I would want that mixed together and see how that was going to. Im- uh, affect the output from the printer but there's there's different companies doing all kinds of wild things trying to i guess to continue the whole idea of um reuse you know right and and we talked a little bit off air you know i asked him you know about you know the state of connecticut as far as 
know, these guys are out there trying to save the planet a little bit. I mean, he hasn't said that in so many, so many words. You're making money, obviously, but you're helping the planet by not putting all this stuff back in the landfill. And I was curious to see, you know, what kind of help the state of Connecticut or attaboys you're getting from it. And, and you're like, is it crickets over there? Well, we don't get the level of support that we might like to get. You think? Um, you get you know, they're very support. much interested in other things, mercury-containing devices and right. TVs and flat screens and then the stuff that has refrigerant in it and refrigerators. Right. and. As kids, we always play with the mercury when the thing is uh, Yeah, oh, right? Yeah. Roll it around yeah. on the table, yeah. hold it in your hand. It yeah. looks yeah, Not anymore. You can't do no, that stuff. No, and then, no um, more fun. You know, and they're worried about mattresses. So right. we don't get the, the recognition at the state level that we might like to get, right. but it's, it's becoming very much a... Um, the amount of plastic that's involved in all this stuff is becoming a big deal. I, I'm yeah. not sure if I mentioned this, but Connecticut, uh, California, in April of 2022, yeah, you didn't mention on the air, yeah. passed a, a law to want to phase out single-use plastic. So it's it's going to all come around. I you know and so no more Keurigs for them either. No, no. I mean, hopefully someday <laughs> we can get rid of all these uh, water bottles that everybody's carrying. Oh, that's selling. a big problem. That's that's mm-hmm. a huge problem. That's yeah. that's you know probably as big as all the ink and toner cartridge problems. Oh, or really bigger. Is. Yeah. Yeah, the water business is insane. Um, well, I mean, the state of Connecticut will put a nickel on your on your your aluminum can, but they're hoping you don't recycle it because the, when you don't recycle it, it goes to the general fund. More than half of that money, the nickel you're putting in there, is going to the general fund. Yeah, it's right? kind of crazy. Yeah, it's like it's like forty million dollars a year that they get to keep because we don't recycle. Um, well, so, in, in general about recycling, it the other thing you know, I don't know um, how much your listeners and you guys are aware, but. In We're many, sharp here, in, Matt. Yes, yes. In most <laughs> in most towns, recycling used to be marginal or slightly revenue positive. Not anymore. And now, you know, where it used to go to, mm-hmm. uh, China doesn't want stuff. No. Uh, all the places that were stuff, the what was collected used to get sent. Right. Um, and especially some of the stuff that people think they're doing the right thing by recycling, but they're commingling dirty bottles or dirty right. stuff in with the stuff that's clean and right. then it can't be recycled. So now it's a cost for them. And, um, you know, obviously in our industry, I pay a lot of attention to what's happening in re- recycling in general. But you're doing a different kind of recycling, right? So when I'm, when I'm recycling a raw a material to be reused as a raw material, right, like an aluminum or something like that, right. that's not what you're doing. You're repurposing, really. Correct. You're not. You're, We're trying it, to extend the life of the product. Right. That's different than me having a can melted down and reused right. again. Um, so that's you guys are doing something that's probably a little better. Uh, we would like to think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the whole idea is if we can if we can not have to make a new product. Right. Right. I mean, right. they don't have to start from scratch. Right. Um, and we can recover as much as we can um, and reuse it as many times as possible. That's why, you know, the, like I was talking earlier about even the cell phones that are broken, there's people that are buying those and actually doing that work right. in some of these other countries where a five-year-old phone is fantastic and it works just fine for them. Works fine for me, too. Uh, I don't mind leaving my five-year-old phone running as long as it keeps running. All right. So, Matt, how can people find out more about you? So uh, you can visit our website. It's uh, www.eosusa.com. Um, we're also on social media, and uh, but we welcome people to, for inquiries. Uh, again, we, we're not so much dealing with end users, uh, mainly mm-hmm. businesses and, and um, state, local, and federal governments and, and schools and entities like that. But uh, we're happy to talk to people about how they might be able to do something and help the planet. Like an event, like a like a like a, you know, a, a cycling event where you'd have a, 
A drive sure. drive by drop off kind of thing. People that people are doing that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, we encourage that. We're always happy to be involved. If a if an organization is doing some type of recycling event and mm-hmm. they want to extend it, where we they can collect electronics or even you know collect printers and and cartridges, we're happy right. to be involved in that. We'd love to be part of that. Sounds good. Matt Service, Environmental Office Solutions. We thank you for being here. Well, you're going to stick around when we finish the show. Sure. All right. He's going to observe. We only have one call, so we're going to be talking about recycling some more. Um, we'll step, take, step out for a quick break and then get to Mark and Bark Hampton next. We'll be Mark. Hi. Uh, can you hear me okay? We can. Oh, great. I just wanted to call to let people know. Uh, I know you kind of agree with me on the fact that uh, subscription service, you know, keep emptying your pockets, et cetera. Right. Microsoft has a huge push for that for all their products, including Office now, with the Office 365. But recently what they've done is they've pulled all the ISOs off the Internet for Office 2019. You can't find an ISO anymore. Mm. I want people to be aware of it because what happens is even if you buy the uh, user packs now, if you go to try and register, you have to go to uh, Microsoft, and you have to go through the Office 365 uh, assignment process to try and finally get to the ISOs. And I'm sure you're challenged all along the way about, you know, you don't want an ISO. You want Office 365. It's only $10 a month. You know? Right, right. And uh, to that end, I basically bought a DVD package I found online. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably a great market. But right, fell off a truck somewhere. A lot of people, I, I rebuild and repair PCs as a hobby, and a lot of seniors, I build PCs for them. And I usually like to build the PC with Office on there. Right. You know, license, register, set it with the ISO not registered to any one person, so it lives with the PC, which was the intent. Mm-hmm. But now all the software is getting registered to Microsoft accounts. To even install Windows on a machine now, yeah. I have to get to a certain point and pull the Ethernet cable if I'm using Home Edition. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I can't finish the install without specifying a Microsoft account. Right. There's a yes. little hook there. If you don't have Internet, go to do a private account. But if you actually finish the install there, you can keep it. So I do that for seniors because a lot of times, a lot of these spams are about, you know, your Microsoft account is expired or this and that. This is Microsoft, and right. we're talking about this renewal or free trial. If they have the account, they think it's legitimate. If I tell them they have nothing with Microsoft other than the right to run the machine and get yeah. the updates, they feel a little safer. That could be true. You could also push LibreOffice and other things. I think most seniors I, don't even care anymore about, you know, what type of Office software they use. Yeah. I do. 80% of the ones I install, I do LibreOffice. Yeah. Maybe 20% I have them on Linux. I'm using a couple of different mints. seems to work pretty well for people. Because most people just want to surf the net. And uh, gamers have to use Windows, basically. Almost anybody else can use Linux if they're willing to sit and you know embrace the differences. But uh, Yeah, there's nothing wrong you know, with that. A lot of people like to get like an Office 2016, 2019. They're right. just on their machine. They're not worried about you know the Office 365 and subscriptions and stuff. It's going to be harder to find. I suspect within about five years you won't be able to do it. That's okay. Microsoft will, put, will paint themselves into a corner, and then there'll be a competitor that'll come out with an alternative. Um, I mean, there's always two sides. About well, three or... I'm amazed LibreOffice never you know, got bigger than it is. I mean, you know, from the Star Office days on, I thought it was a great idea. Yeah. About three or four years ago, Microsoft put out a few um, press releases about what they were going to do in advance of Office 2019 being released. Mm -hmm. And there was serious talk at that time and things that they said that suggested that there was not going to be any Office 2019 retail version. Right. It was just going to be Office 365, and they had to go back. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because of the 
business uh, yeah. installation base. They they yeah. they had no choice. Right. So yeah, they, the businesses can't automate off their servers. Right. Well, that like I said, Microsoft has been pushing in that direction for a long time, but there's a massive amount of inertia that goes against it. So yeah. yeah the other thing is, I don't know if you noticed that they're technically online. If you look, there is a Microsoft Office 2021. Oh, we've been selling it yeah, for we, years. We've, we've yeah. resold that uh, already. There's no ISO or DVD component to it at all that I can find. I'm gonna uh, yes, you can. Okay. There's I, a, I, there's I, a way I, to get an my, ISO for that. Okay. Yeah. I spent a lot of my time on 2019. So I had a few people that were trying to use it, and all of a sudden they said, I can't buy it with a DVD. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Okay. Well, 21's out there. But that the next one's not going to be out there. Yeah. I'll look for that, too. All right, Mark. Look for look for something called an Office 2021 deployment tool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. Thanks. Hey, thanks for checking in. Um, it is frustrating with all the subscriptions that are out there these days, and uh, the cloud is slowing down. I mean, you see all these tech stocks tanking. Um, it's because of the slowdown that's occurring. Um, people are like, wait a minute, I can't afford all these subscriptions. I just want to do Office and email, and, and you want to charge me what? Oh, and it's going to go up again? And what? I mean, the old typewriters, they never had a license. Imagine if, 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 if the typewriters were licensed that way, where you had to rent it. <laughs> I mean, Royal down there in, in East Hartford, wherever they were in Hartford, they'd still be in business, right, if they could have you pay for their typewriter forever. Let's go to uh, Nancy in uh, Longmeadow. What's happening, Nancy? Hi, I have a question regarding um, Foxfire. So if I have Foxfire, Firefox, Fox, I think Foxfire was a show about a helicopter, but Firefox. Yeah, right. Well, oh, sorry, um, but anyhow, I have uh, with the guy the what you guys recommend for you me to use for a browser. Yeah, Firefox. Yeah, Firefox. it's it's a way to go. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but anyhow, um, do I also? Uh, you know, I tried. I I have been saving my passwords with. Uh, Foxfire or whatever it is. And so, but <laughs> it's all right. Is that really bad? And yes. I should be using something like uh, LastKey or uh, something like that to save passwords yeah, and yeah. not save passwords onto um, that. On your browser. browser. You should never, yeah. we would recommend never saving your passwords on your browser. I know it's convenient, okay. but we'd recommend never doing it. Unless it's a silly thing. Like, unless it's a something you don't care that the hackers get access to because they're, they're kept yeah. in an area that can be compromised and we've seen it and there's plenty of ways that it happens a password manager right. like you called you were saying LastPass is what you probably were thinking about um, right last pass yeah they've been hacked like for 50 bazillion times so let's not right, recommend so that, those guys that's um, a good one um they're all hackable they're yeah. all hackable but uh, you can get something called one password mm. and one that pass. comes one password all together that comes in a version that just installs on your computer and it saves your passwords in a little encrypted file on the computer. Well, there's a way so, to do okay. it. And Bitwarden is another one. Bitwarden you can work Bitwarden. that way too. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll, well you guys will you'll, you'll put it up on the yes, website. Yes, we will. So that, we will, Nancy. Okay, thank God. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, I got to let you go. You can tell how bad I am about remembering what stuff is. I All, all I do is I just take your word and whatever you want me to use that's what i use that's what we like okay, all right thanks nancy we gotta go i want to thank uh carolyn for producing i want to thank matt service for being in studio i want to thank all you guys for joining us on the show this this, this saturday i want to thank matt uh, mike for posting everything and uh, i guess we'll check you guys next saturday we want you to be geeks too 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.